0: Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Well, yes, Benji is not here again this morning. Um, So we've got more of the Holy Spirit, though, thankfully. if you were here last week, just want to say, I was just totally wrecked in worship just then, and so that wasn't very good for preparing to talk, so sorry if it takes a minute, but I was totally wrecked because Julie shared last week about her whole journey. You'll have to ask her about it otherwise, but she did have a moment in her journey where she didn't think she'd be able to talk or even be able to sing, and yet here she is <laughs> singing and worshipping the Lord with us, and so, yeah. Yeah. Totally wrecked me this morning, thanks for that. (laughs) I had to go out the back and, you know, I put mascara on this morning because I'm coming up the front and anyway, I'm like wiping off all the the black, so, whoops. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Alyssa, if you haven't met me before, married to Jamie, who was up the front um, earlier as well, we've got two little ones, River who's three and Arlo who's one, one and a half, and we've been part of this church for, since the beginning, um, for four and a half years that we've been around. And we're pretty new, we're pretty fresh to this, we still feel like, you know, kids, but we're definitely not, because you can see my grey hairs, but, um, (laughs) like, just setting out, doing this journey, building church, following Jesus together, and so, um, yeah, I'm not a pastor, I'm just one of the leaders here that gets to share with you this morning, so if there's any issues, just email Benj at (laughs) greenhousechurch.online, write that down, and you can follow that up with him later. (laughs) Um, So, we're in the gathering series. I know we've kind of shifted around a little bit the last few weeks, but Benj did start us off in this gathering series two weeks ago, um, sharing about why we gather, why we're coming together. We did a practicing series earlier in the year, and now we're in a series around gathering. And I've heard a lot of people recently saying, and lots of new people, which is amazing, saying how much you love it here, how it's such a great community, it's authentic, it's real, it's genuine. I'm loving hearing that. But And no matter how great a community we might have and how, you know, um, good we are at gathering and um, welcoming each other, we're still a bunch of broken people. We've got a lot of hurts, a lot of wounds, come from lots of different backgrounds. So there's going to be conflict, going to be conflict. So this morning, I'm going to be talking on when we gather around conflict and forgiveness. This is one of the most important things, um, I think, in terms of us following Jesus well. So to start us off today, I'm just going to read a quick quote from um, Ronald Rolheiser, which I've really been loving reading. Um, he says, um, "Around each of us will get hurt by others, will hurt others, and in every one of our relationships, it's the price of community inside human inadequacy. Hence, relationships at every level, personal and social, can only sustain themselves long term if there's forgiveness." I want to propose this morning that in our world, we have a forgiveness deficit. Conflict's rife, we're hurt, um, and we harbour unforgiveness. If there was like a body scanner for like hurt and unforgiveness, I reckon we'd all light up and it, we'd, we'd kind of be like zombies. <laughs> you know, all of these wounds, we've got so much, sorry, <laughs> um, all of these wounds, we're carrying a lot, we're, you know, we're broken people, let's, let's be real. Um, And I know it's true that when I talk about forgiveness and and hurts and wounds, there's real, honest, traumatic wounds that we're carrying. And so I just want to caveat this morning that I'm not talking about most of what I'm talking about today is our our normal, like, um, everyday kind of conflicts and um, things that we kind of come across, rather than, like, those really big traumas in our life that takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of professional help to come along people come alongside us. So just want to help shift that this morning. Um, I'm going to talk on building a culture of forgiveness as we gather. So I'm going to explore a little bit about conflict, how we come to it, um, a little bit, do a little bit of self-reflection. Are you ready for that this morning? Um, draw out some lessons from what Jesus says in scripture and then fight, finish with painting a picture of what a culture of forgiveness might look like and might look like for us in our community so um father i just ask you this morning would you continue to work and holy spirit um don't shift from this place thank you that you're here you're gathering in our worship continue to speak to us lord um use my words use your scripture again to cut through to cut us to the bone again to for for us to fall at your feet and um to be totally sold out um for you this morning hearing your word in jesus name amen Well, a self-reflection. We did the marriage course maybe a year or two ago, and some of you in the room may have done that with us. Um, There was a section around conflict, and I really love this concept they talked about, which was rhinos and hedgehogs. Anyone familiar might be coming to your mind about what um, you might, um, you know, you might be. Um, so, a rhino, for those that don't know, are those that there's laughter between some couples already. Um, a rhino is someone that comes to conflict, ready for battle, horn out and ready to go in there, loves, loves to have the, have the fight out, ready to have it out. I am a rhino, so don't feel any shame in the room if you're a rhino. Um, that is good. It's okay. And I, I definitely... Have been working through that. And then there are hedgehogs, which Jamie will also self-admit that he's a hedgehog. They're the ones that put their head down as far as they can between their legs, the spikes go out, and they hope that that threat passes away without touching them in any way or form. (laughs) Um, So um, come on, let's hand up rhinos. Rhinos, yes, thank you. Hedgehogs. Yes, there's more hedgehogs in the room, that's normal, that's normal. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of work done already, right? Um, well, we deal with conflict differently, hey? And, and we come to it really differently. And I think um, the helpful thing to pin that is that actually neither is wrong, you know, neither is wrong, but actually both together can be helpful. Jamie and I have definitely found that in our marriage in the early days when, you know, I'd be ready, ready for a fight and he'd be like, let's just not even go there and talk about it for months or could we just pass this by? But the beauty of it, of that coming together, has meant that I'll keep helping things be brought up <laughs> and, and he'll help me not have to bring some of those things up to the table all the time and so we don't have to go through the depths of something every single time. Um, that's not the best e- analogy but you know what I mean. Together, like as a community, we all deal with things differently. There's going to be people that want to have those conversations all the time and there's going to be people that want to just leave it be and that's okay and I think there's a beauty in us. Together, working that out. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. And remember, peace isn't the absence of conflict. Maybe peace is a pathway to walk through it. And we can be peacemakers by working together to having those conversations, to bringing it out into the open, and also maybe just letting things go sometimes, too. Well, you're here with me. We've done our self reflection. So let's open our Bibles to Matthew 18. Um, verse 15, and it will be on the screen. Thanks, Stephen. Um, So we can read along. There are Bibles, by the way, in front of you. If you don't have one, you can take it with you. love you to take those home too. So, um, verse 15, this is what Jesus says when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to conflict, when it comes to forgiveness. I'm going to read it. It's quite long, so bear with me. And then we'll draw through a few lessons. So, if your brother or sister sins or hurts you, go and point it out to them, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. <clears> or <throat> well, some versions say you become friends again, which is cute. Um, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church." And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that two of you on earth agree, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. <clears throat> then Peter came to Jesus boldly and asked, "How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who forgives against, uh, who sins against me?" Up to seven times? Jesus answered, "I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, or equivalent to like billions of dollars these days, years of wage, millions of dollars. Um, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children that, uh, and all he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him and he said, be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. That's like Jesus, like dropping a massive line there. That would be so unheard of. Um, But then, uh, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, like 10 bucks, um, and he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him exactly the same. Be patient with me. I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. "'You wicked servant,' he said. "'I cancelled all that debt of yours um, because you begged me to. "'Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you?' In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will cheer each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. Thanks, Stephen. Um, It's pretty big, hey? (laughs) Firstly, if we go back to verse 15... I'm just going to draw out a few little things that I noticed. In verse 15, Jesus is talking about sin or hurts when um, sin in the church and hurts in the church. And he says, firstly, go, go to them, go and point it out, go and point it out. I want to suggest that our culture says it's totally fine to just leave it and walk away, to move on, cancel culture, just don't go to that place anymore, don't go to those people, move church, Um, forget that friend, never had that conversation, like you've never actually had that conversation, Jesus says something alternate here, he says go, go to them, he says come and have that conversation, hedgehogs, have the conversation if it's needed (laughs) Um, and open up and admit where someone's hurt you and um, you might, might have something to admit as well. It actually happened here in Long Jetty not that long ago. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a cafe, allegedly, that some people went to a, ra- a rally and some people were very, very upset about it and um, there was so much on social media to say, boycott this cafe, don't go there, they're participating in this kind of thing and don't go there and the whole community was like, you know, on one side or the other and going, going at it. Do you know what turns out? They had the wrong cafe. You actually talk to people and they were like, oh, I thought it was this cafe, but it was another cafe. And turns out they never, ever had a proper conversation before. It blew up and massive, massive hurt between people. So I just want to suggest, as Jesus does, go have a conversation. And I I love just, I'm going to read the message version. You can forgive me later, anyone. Um, In in verse 15, it says, If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. And if he listens, you've made a friend. So I love that. And then at at the end of that bit, he said, If you won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch, confront him with the need for repentance, and offer again God's forgiving love. So it's not the end of the story either. So the second part, verse 18, Um, I just love that this is in here. Like, when I was reading this, I was like, you know, often talk about, oh, things when you pray, like uh, when two or more are gathered, like he's there or um, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We kind of use it in like the prayer time. He's talking about sin in the church and conflict here. And he's saying, when you come together, when you have those conversations, it's eternal. There's something, what we say to each other can matter. That reconciliation and the forgiveness that can happen in those conversations has an eternal nature um, for, for what, we, what we can loose on earth can be loosed in heaven. Doesn't that, isn't that amazing? Through the Holy Spirit and the grace of God empowering us to have those conversations and forgive one another, hopefully, um, then maybe there's something incredible, like the, the kingdom's coming in that moment. There's, there's something Way bigger than just that. Like we're able to kind of get on with life. It's actually like um, something something incredible is happening. It's it's eternal. So what we say to each other matters. His presence is with us when we have those conversations. When two or more gather, and He's present to help us through those interactions and those conversations. That's pretty cool, hey. Again, I'm just gonna read the message version because I love the little take on this. Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to each other is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on earth, on anything at all on earth, make a prayer of it. My Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you get together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Doesn't that make you want to have those conversations more? Like, he's with us, he's going with us, and there's something that could happen that's eternal, that's going to be like generational impact, something that um, someone be loose of, free of, um, because of that conversation. Verse 21. There's no limit on forgiveness. I love that Peter here goes to Jesus with quite like a boldness here. Um, it would have been common in those times to like, you could forgive two or three times and that would have been like, oh, you're you're pretty good, um, you're a pretty good follower, um, pretty good Jew. Um, but actually, you know, Peter says, hey, seven times, what do you reckon? That's pretty, that's a lot. And Jesus plays on it a little bit more like, hey, hardly, 77 times. And so he's just calling us again to that, like that higher, like he does with so many things, bringing our gaze up like something, something, there's something bigger here than just how many times or keeping it account. It's not like you get to 498 and you go, bop bow, 490, you're out. (laughs) It's done. It's actually something bigger. And I also wonder like in this context here, I don't know if many of you have watched The Chosen. It's actually a good TV series around the life of Jesus and the disciples. And there's, like, real conflict between disciples. You know, if you actually think about who they were, and um, Ben talked about this a couple of weeks ago, there's the zealot who's, like, totally against the Romans and is actually a trained, like, daggerman to go and to kill some of the Roman leaders. He's a Jew. And then there's also a tax collector who's also a Jew, and he's serving the Romans. So it's, like, it's just from one extreme to another, in just the twelve that are around Jesus, and so there's there's definitely conflict going on. So I often wonder, with Peter asking that question, he's probably got thoughts in his mind like, I've definitely forgiven my brother or, or the tax collector or um, someone in the group this many times. So surely that's enough, Jesus. So I just wonder, and he speaks there again with always such such grace and bringing us a little bit higher a story. So I found this story, you know the story, but I just thought I'd retell the story, and again, forgive me, um, it might not be a perfectly correct analogy, but I wanted to retell the story as I was reading and preparing this, I was like, what would this look like today? So picture this, you probably don't need to picture it, imagine too much, but you've got a mortgage. At the moment, <laughs> the rates are going up higher and higher, and you probably feel a little bit Um, anxious about it even right now, me talking about it. You can't repay it. It's getting harder and harder to pay. And you go to the bank and you ask for um, what they do give you, by the way, or could maybe, um, give you like a hold on it for a while because you're just like, I just need a bit more time. Can you give me a few months, just a little bit of space? And the teller or um, the person that's saving you says, oh, look, I'll just have to get my manager because we can't, um, I can't really deal with this right now. And the master comes out, the manager comes out and says, yeah, look, I've looked at your accounts. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Can anyone feel that relief of your shoulders? <laughs> like that relief. Imagine if someone said that to you. Hey, don't worry about that debt you've got. And you wouldn't actually have to be thinking about it daily anymore. But then you walk out of the bank and you just had this incredible moment. You don't even know what to do with yourself, really. Then you see someone who you've been asking for weeks and weeks um, for that 20 bucks. You paid for their brunch a few weeks ago. And you actually have been really needing that money to pay your own bills. And you... Grab him by the throat and say, "Where's that 20 dollars? Like, I really need that." Um, isn't that interesting? We do that all the time. We forget. Obviously, what Jesus is talking about here is how much He's forgiven us, the massive amount of debt that we owe or could owe for all the things we've done wrong. And he says, "It's OK. you're forgiven. I don't see that on you anymore. But yet we still see others and we hold them to account. We literally hold them to something higher than we hold ourselves. At the end of the verse, um, end of the chapter, sorry, Jesus says, um, unless you forgive a brother or sister from your heart. I just want to make a small note there that, you know, forgiveness isn't just um, forgive you and it's done, but oftentimes it is like such a process, and actually that kind of translating into our heart, going deep into our heart, we still hold on to things, sometimes it is that process of forgiving um, one another that takes a long time, we have to speak it out, we have to pray it, we have to ask God for help, we have to say it over them maybe verbally, and making sure, like it's a journey, right? Um, but he says, forgive in your heart, so leave that there, <laughs> and he also Jesus always speaks about things that are um, internal. What internal, what matters most? And often we can have a heart that is um, tainted, can hold bitterness, can hold anger, and that can harbour for a long time. It's not healthy. Like I think there's studies on how like um, holding things um, on people or that have happened to us actually in, physically hurts us. Um, in our bodies. I love this other quote from Ronald Rollheiser. He says, as we age, we're all aging, by the way, no matter what age you are, Um, (laughs) we need to forgive. Forgive those that hurt us, forgive ourselves for our own mistakes, forgive life for being unfair, and forgive God for seemingly not having protected us. All of this so that we don't die bitter and angry which is perhaps the greatest religious imperative of all. You know, um, this is not towards anyone at all, but like, you know, there is some older people that are pretty bitter and angry about life. You know, they've gone through life and had a lot of horrible things happen, I think, but, you know, they've, they've held it all and you can see it, you know, they hold it. And then there's those beautifully old people that have um, just such a joy about life and I wonder, I wonder if that's how... Um, maybe it's that forgiveness and that letting those things go, releasing those things that has given them that freedom to still have joy. So this morning, I just want to land with whether we can offer that release that you've been given from God unto others. You've been released from the debt and the wages of sin, and you've been given freedom to live. You're no longer bound. You no longer have to repay all those wrongs you've done? And what if we use that forgiveness to set others free, release others from that weight? It's like giving space for transformation. Actually releasing someone can give space for transformation. So forgiveness isn't the end of the story. Forgiveness can be the beginning of healing, the beginning of restoration, the beginning of reconciliation. What we're building here is a counterculture, and I know Ben um, spoke about this, that this could be like, um, uh, he spoke about these little enclaves, was that right? These little like um, spaces of life, like growing and this beauty and actually we can create something that's so beautiful because we're unified around following Jesus. Conflict will arise, we're going to hurt each other, But how can we use these conflicts, these moments and these opportunities for the kingdom to come, for something eternal to happen? When the world says, forget them, move on, they don't deserve it, go your own way, we will follow Jesus. We're going to go towards them. We're going to say things that matter, that have eternal impact and invite him into those conversations We're going to have no limit on our forgiveness because he has no limit on us. We're going to forgive because he forgave us. We're going to forgive because we have an opportunity to release and remind. We have an opportunity to release someone from the hold we have on them, releasing them to move on and receive forgiveness themselves and work towards healing and to come to Jesus. And we're going to Forgive because we can remind people that they have been forgiven. You think about that for a minute. I was just pondering on that last night, that actually our forgiveness and our little um, like release for someone can actually be just a little glimpse of what Jesus has done for them. And a forgiveness can remind people as well that they are worthy and that they have a seat at the table. Have you thought about that? That actually, even the worst, even the worst, what we perceive as the worst, <laughs> um, could still have a seat at the table. So why would we hold them here? <laughs>